It's Living on Earth. I'm Steve Kerwood. On February 17th, upwards of 50,000 people marched on the White House to protest the Keystone XL pipeline. There were several arrests, but the demonstration remained peaceful. Yet, for many activists around the world, taking a stand for the environment comes at a high price. UK journalist Fred Pierce has just written an article for E360, Yale's online magazine, detailing the rising trend of assassinations of eco-activists around the world. Pierce says that 2012 may have been the most violent year yet. The number of activists logged by international NGOs, such as the London-based Global Witness Group, now reached more than two people per week, in other words, more than 100 over a year, which is more than double the figure that they were logging a decade ago. So, you know, it really doesn't look good. Most environmental activists don't go into this business in order to become martyrs, still less to become dead. But, you know, for significant numbers, that's happening. Overall, where are the most dangerous places? Brazil has been dangerous for a long time. Cambodia has become more dangerous. The Philippines is extremely dangerous and has been for some time. Describe the situation in Brazil for us. This last year, I was attending the Earth Summit in Rio de Janeiro in June last year. And literally, as most of the delegates, including me, were getting onto our plane, two activists who, in the nearby bay, just literally just to the west of of the center of Rio, went out fishing and were killed while they were on their boats and their bodies were found the next day. And those two people were activists in a group trying to prevent the laying of a new pipeline for uh, natural gas and a new refinery that they believed would disrupt fishing. They were part of a, a group representing local fishing communities trying to prevent these industrial developments. What happened to them exactly? Uh, Well, one of them was found lashed to his boat um, and washed up on the shore the following morning. Another one had been strangled. These were, uh, you know, clearly brutal murders. The precise circumstances are unclear, and certainly the people who did it um, is unclear. But we know who they were. We know what their political activism was. We know they went to sea, and we know that their bodies wound up dead. And what about the Philippines? There have been uh, a number of cases of priests in the Catholic Church, quite prominent in social activism. A number of those have been killed in recent years. Most recently, a civil servant who was active against a hydroelectric dam project in the uh, southern island of Mindanao in the Philippines, who was simply gunned down by somebody on a motorbike after he'd just come back from a village that was engaged in the protests against the dam. Again, one one doesn't know who who did it, and there's no sign of the police finding a culprit, but it was an area where there had been quite a lot of local tension and where a local military brigade had been active in the area and interviewing um, and arresting people who they regarded clearly as criminals, though the local activists in the area say they were simply engaged in opposing a controversial dam project which would have flooded their villages. What about Cambodia? There have been a number of cases in Cambodia, and activists say that there's been an upsurge of attacks of various sorts on environmental activists. 
and one prominent death. The big issue there is illegal logging. There's a great deal of illegal logging going on in the surviving forests of Cambodia, and people are making a great deal of money out of it. Uh, one activist called Chatwati, who'd uh, worked for Global Witness and a number of other international NGOs, he was taking journalists from Cambodian capital Phnom Penh to look for illegal loggers, and they found some in the remote west of the country. And those loggers appeared to be being supported or, or defended, one doesn't quite know, by government soldiers or possibly security people. At any rate, they stumbled on this, this illegal, what appeared to be illegal loggers in the forest. And before they knew where they were, what he had been shot dead, the two journalists on the trip had run into the forest, fleeing for their lives. And it appears that somebody from the security services had shot dead the activists, and a forest ranger in turn shot dead the uh, security person. All that, to some extent, conjecture, because no case has ever come to court. But the result, at any rate, is that the activist wound up dead. Um, that set a chill through much environmental and social activism in Cambodia, because you know very clearly other people don't want to find themselves in that situation. Why do you think it's worse this year? There are local circumstances always, but I think at a global level, we're reaching a kind of new crunch about a range of resources. We hear quite a lot about land grabs, foreign corporations and others moving in to try to take over traditionally owned land, whether it's farmland or pasture land or very frequently forests. There are conflicts about water issues and people trying to build hydroelectric dams. There are conflicts about mining schemes. Prices for many minerals and metals have been high for the last few years. A lot of companies are trying to move in on these resources. So there is greater contesting of natural resources of one kind or another. There was a case in Mexico where an entire extended family or almost an entire extended family of some 20 people active against loggers and drug gangs in the, in the mountains of western Mexico were gunned down by various different people over a period of three or four years for trying to protect their forest lands. So you get these very difficult circumstances where conflicts rapidly turn to violence. And while one would not say that the activists are never at fault in any regard, some of them probably do have dangerous political links. In the main, these are people who are peaceful, who are active in trying to help communities peacefully defend their resources. And they're coming up against people who are really very far from peaceful. So at the end of the day, what do you think can be done to better protect environmental activists around the world? I think we need to make a fuss when these things happen. The real danger is if people perpetrating these things, taking violent action against legitimate activist activity or just plain grassroots movements, if they think they can do this with impunity, they have to know that even if they're not brought to book, there will be international concern that NGOs in Washington and London and uh, you know, Rio de Janeiro, wherever it is, will make waves, will start asking questions. And if we as outsiders do that, it will certainly make it more difficult for the local authorities, governments, police forces 
to kind of walk away and pretend that nothing happened. If we shine the light of international publicity on these sometimes heinous crimes, then I think there is a prospect to make people who are thinking about doing these things much more uh, wary about the possible consequences. Fred Pierce is a freelance journalist based in London and an environmental consultant for The New Scientist. Thanks so much, Fred. Pleasure. Thanks for talking to you.